0: fragments of fright volume 2 is here over 20 scary stories are waiting for you go to amazon and search for fragments of fright or go to maniacontheloose.com slash books <laughs> Ghouls in the Graveyard. In far eastern Kentucky, near the Appalachian Mountains, the Goulahee Cemetery can be found. Folks around those parks nicknamed it Ghouls in the Graveyard. It's one of the oldest and largest cemeteries east of the Mississippi River. It is also considered to be the most haunted cemetery on the entire continent. The following are some of the creepiest encounters people have had when getting too close to... The Ghouls in the Graveyard. The Playground Near one of the corners of the Gullahy Cemetery is an old playground. No one seems to know why there is a playground within the grounds of the cemetery. I can only surmise that it was installed so that kids had a place to play while adults visited gravesites of loved ones. Nowadays, the playground is run down. An old metal slide is now nothing more than a thin, frail slab of rust, infested with an array of jagged holes. The foundation of a swing set now sags with age. A few strands of tarnished chain still dangle uselessly. What was once a spinning merry-go-round is now just a corroded circle of metal, half buried in the ground and overtaken by weeds. It must have been decades since any kids have ever graced the playground with their presence. I used to have to pass by that section of graveyard every day on my way home from school. I was usually accompanied by several other kids from my neighborhood. For some reason, being amongst a group of other kids made it a little less frightening to walk by. But on the rare occasions, when I had to walk by the cemetery by myself, boy, That old playground sure gave me the heebie-jeebies. One day I got in trouble in school for pulling Missy Smith's pigtails. I had to stay after school and write, I will not pull Missy's pigtails a hundred times on the blackboard. It was late autumn, so by the time I was finished, it was getting dark. It was a long walk from school. I ran as fast as I could in an attempt to pass by the cemetery before the sky turned black, but I failed. It was a crisp, cool night, but there was no breeze at all. Not one dead leaf on the road was stirring, so it sent shivers down my spine when I heard the lonely squeak of the swing set's old chains swaying back and forth on their own. I could also hear the popping of metal and a sliding sound as if someone were going down that old slide, which was impossible in its current state. If anyone tried to get on that slide, they'd fall right through. And then I heard the laughing. It was the giggle of multiple children. They sounded distant and there was a strange reverberation to their laughter. I instantly broke out in goosebumps. I wanted to run but my legs felt heavy like I was stuck in wet cement. I screamed when I heard the voice.
1: Come play with us.
0: It was the voice of a small child. I think it was a boy.
1: Come play with us.
0: I swear the air around me got colder and I was starting to shiver. And the voice continued to beckon me.
1: Come play with us.
0: Finally, my body filled with adrenaline and my legs kicked into gear. I ran away from the cemetery like a rocket. The creepiest thing of the entire night was the final time I heard the voice. I was far away from the playground at that point, and the voice was very distant and deep, almost demonic in tone come play with us the whistling there are a lot of infamous people buried at the gulahi cemetery one of those people is hans werner better known as hans the butcher he was a full-bodied german immigrant who butchered his wife and kids Neighbors claimed to have heard a ruckus next door during the night of the murders, but didn't think it was anything serious because they kept hearing Hans whistling through the night. Who would suspect such a horror going on while hearing someone whistling? Who could do such a thing? Hans Werner could. He whistled the night away while he cut his wife and kids up in little bits. Hans Werner not only pleaded guilty, he actually boasted about the crimes. He was sentenced to hang. Witnesses say that Hans whistled a cheerful tune as he walked to the gallows. His whistling continued as they pulled the hood down over his face and didn't stop until the floor dropped and his neck snapped. Some people claim that they heard whistling for a few seconds as his lifeless body swayed to and fro. Hans is considered to be one of the many ghouls in the graveyard. It is said that if you hear whistling in the graveyard at night, Hans is out and about looking for someone new to butcher. There's a college not too far from the graveyard. Needless to say, the graveyard is home to many pranks the fraternities pull. But it's also just a quiet, creepy place to sit around and have a few beers. And that's what we were doing that night. There were three of us. Me and my buddies Ralph and Richie. We were playing a stupid drinking game. We would do a shot of rum every five minutes until two of us quit or puked. Whoever was left standing would be the victor. I forgot how many shots we wound up doing and who won, but we all got rip-roaring drunk and passed out. I woke up to what I swear was a distant scream. I gazed at my wristwatch and saw that it was 3.30 a.m., I looked around and discovered that I was alone. Those jerks Ralph and Richie took off without me. I was all by myself and surrounded by the sounds of crickets, and the whistling of the wind. At least I thought it was the wind, until the whistling transformed into a dark, eerie melody. Everyone knew about the legend of Hans the Butcher, and everyone knew to run if you heard whistling in the graveyard at night. I mean, I had always thought it was just an old wives' tale, but believe me, when I heard the whistling, I opted to believe every bit of the legend of Hans the Butcher, and I ran like the wind. As I ran through the graveyard, I continued to hear the whistling. It was in front of me and getting louder. I was inadvertently running toward it, so I turned around and ran in the other direction. At first the whistling got further away in the distance but then I heard it coming from in front of me again and it was getting closer. I turned again and slammed into the body of a hulking man and I dropped to the ground. I was relieved when I looked up and saw that it was my friend Ralph. Ralph, you jackass, where were you? I was taking a leak. Did you hear that whistling? Yes, I hear it. Now we need to get out of here. Where's Richie? I don't know. I woke up and he was gone. Do you think Richie's out there messing with us? Ralph started nodding, but his eyes were filled with fear. Probably, uh, but I'm not counting on it. Let's, Let's just get the hell out of here. We both took off at top speed, hurtling and darting around tombstones like some kind of maniacal obstacle course. And the whistling continued. The creepy melody kept on going, and it kept getting louder closer at one point i could hear footsteps closing in on us and i swear i could hear the whistler breathing in between tunes we both leapt over the short weathered iron fence that surrounded the graveyard and immediately the whistling stopped we called out for richie over and over but he never answered we assumed he went back to the fraternity house But when we got back, he wasn't there. Nobody had seen him. He never returned that night. As a matter of fact, Richie was never seen again. Nobody knows what happened to him. Me and Ralph were questioned over and over by the police. We were never brought up on charges, but to this day, people suspect that we are guilty of some form of foul play. It's not true, anyone who had been there that night would know it's not true because they would have heard the terrifying whistling and they would have no choice but to conclude that Hans the Butcher took another victim. The caretaker. Back in the 1800s, the Gullahie Cemetery had a live caretaker. This was a person who lived on site in a small cabin and would tend to the grounds. One of the early caretakers was a grave robber. It turns out he spent many nights digging up corpses and pillaging their caskets for jewelry, gold and silver teeth, and sometimes even took their clothing. It is said that he even made curtains out of some of the clothing and hung them in the caretaker's quarters. Believe it or not, the caretaker's quarters is still standing. Of course it has long since stopped being used, but it's still there. Now it's dilapidated and rotten, it's partially collapsed, but one of the windows to the old cabin is still visible from the road. It's the very window that once held a curtain made from the clothing of a corpse. Of course, the curtains are long gone and the window was even without glass at this point. I drive by the cemetery on my way home from work every night. I've never told anyone this before, but on more than one occasion, I've driven by the cemetery and I could see a light burning within the caretaker's quarters. And once, as I slowed down to take a long gander at the lit-up cabin, I saw the silhouette of a man pulling a curtain open and staring out at me. The Hitchhiker I'm a businessman. I usually wrap up for work early and I'm always home before dark. That wasn't the case one cold early spring day. I got an influx of reports on my desk shortly before I planned on departing, and it kept me there well into the night. When I left, it was pouring down rain. It was cold enough out there for me to see my own breath. I wouldn't have been surprised if the rain had turned into snow or even freezing rain, but it didn't. It was just heavy, sharp blades of frigid rain i take the interstate home, but apparently there was some major flooding, and traffic was backed up for miles, so I took an alternate route that took me by the cemetery. It was such a spine-chilling cemetery, I hated driving by it. There were rows upon rows of monolithic ancient tombstones surrounded by an old gothic-style iron fence. The route I took passed by the front gate of the cemetery. It was a gigantic, foreboding construction with spikes at the top of each iron bar. The gate stood in between two pillars and they were topped by mammoth, hideous concrete gargoyles who seemed to be standing guard over the place. Just after passing the front gate, I couldn't believe my eyes. There was a woman slowly walking on the side of the road in the blackness of the night. She had long, dark hair, and her soaking wet white nightgown was plastered to her skin. I quickly pulled next to her, stopped, and popped the passenger's side door open. Get in! You're gonna freeze to death out there! She stopped, turned, and stared at me for a long moment before finally getting in. And where are you headed? She stared forward. It took her several seconds to respond, but she finally did. Home. Her voice was soft and weak. Where's home? Again, she took an unusually long pause before she answered in her frail voice.
1: Just up ahead.
0: It was clear she wasn't the talkative type, so I respected that and kept my mouth shut. I assumed she would alert me as soon as we reached her destination, and I was correct. I just didn't expect for us to still be in front of the cemetery when she did so. Stop. I did as she instructed, and she turned and looked at me. Her skin was silky smooth and her lips dull and dry. There was a sadness to her eyes, but I could see a gleam within them that told me that she was thankful for my assistance. With that, she stepped out of the car and seemed to glide into the cemetery. I rolled down the window and was about to yell out, Hey, where are you going? But my words, they weren't necessary, as she stepped in front of an enormous headstone and vanished into a fog. I was speechless, and my ride home was a blur and I didn't sleep a wink. The next morning, the storm had passed and the sun was bright. I got... I couldn't leave my strange encounter with that woman as it was. I needed to know more. I got dressed and I drove to the cemetery, parked my car and walked up to the large tombstone at the graveside I saw her go to. The colossal tombstone was shaped like a castle with a concrete angel sitting atop. The name on the tombstone read, Francis Copper. 1938 to 1959 on the center of the tombstone was a carved image of the inhabitant of the gravesite it was the spitting image of the woman i gave the ride to the previous night the scratching
1: i was a sophomore in high school the first time i heard the scratching Most people found ghouls in the graveyard to be frightening. I didn't. I thought it was beautiful. It was full of ancient artifacts and some of the most intricate concrete carvings anyone will see anywhere. It was surrounded by a lush forest, and the way the sun would break through the branches of the trees and beam onto the headstones was breathtaking. It was relaxing. It was a place of rest. I'd visit it most weekends when I had nothing else to do. To me, it was like a gigantic museum with rows upon rows of exhibits. And best of all, it was free. I went there a lot. I'd pay my respects to the countless resting places of the thousands of people I never knew. I admired the beauty of the tombstone and marveled at the age of some of the relics. It was October 18th. 1986, I was just meandering through the graveyard like I often did, just waiting to be blown away by yet another work of art. It was a Saturday, so there were several other people coming and going throughout the day. Just before dusk, most of the visitors left. I was alone. I was getting ready to leave too when I heard it. Scratching. There was no doubt about it. Someone was scratching fast and furious, not unlike a rat inside a wall, digging, trying to find a way out. I followed the sound to a gravesite. The headstone was old and withered away. I could barely make out the engravings, which were mostly worn away by countless storms over the years. I could tell that the first name started with an S and ended with an N. It was only four letters long, but the middle two letters were basically gone, so I guessed the name to be Stan. If there ever was a last name on the stone, it had long since been washed away. I couldn't make out the date the person was born, but I could see his death date. October 18th, 1838. I stood over the gravesite and looked down. There was no mistaking the fact that the scratching was coming from within the coffin under the ground it could have been a rat or some other animal that's what i initially thought but as the scratching continued i could perfectly envision the enamel of fingernails ripping across the cold coarse wood of the inner coffin my feeling was confirmed when i heard the voice it was a gruff tattered old voice that came across as more of a moan. Help me! Somebody help me! They buried me alive! There was no way there was anybody still alive in that gravesite. It had been untouched for years. There were various shrubs and weeds growing from within. So who was down there trying to tear through the wood of their coffin with their fingernails? It had to be Stan, but Stan had long since been dead, and his casket had likely rotted away to dirt, so it dawned on me that this had to be Stan's ghost, so I yelled down to him, you're dead, you've been dead for over a hundred years. As soon as I said that, the frantic scratching stopped, and the frightened old voice went silent. I went back the next day and heard nothing, and the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. I kept going to the cemetery over and over again just to make sure Stan wasn't scratching anymore. I never heard a peep from the grave again, until October 18th, 1987, exactly one year later and exactly one hundred and forty years since Stan was buried alive. His old voice was filled with fear as he cried out for help. I could hear his panicked scratching as he attempted to claw his way through the wood and dirt to draw in breath. I spoke loudly, Stan you're not alive. You're dead. And just like the year before, the terrified voice and the morbid scratching stopped. Ever since then, I always make a point to go to Ghouls in the Graveyard on October 18th to remind Stan that he is dead so that he may rest in peace.
0: The Vampire One of the oldest tombstones at the Gullahi Cemetery is also the most mysterious. There is no name or date on the stone, just one unusually deep engraving written in Latin. The itching says, Lamia Ioset hic." Translated to English, it reads, The Vampire Lies Here. Some people claim to have seen a dark shadowy figure next to the tombstone. Others have reported strong impulses to get closer to the gravesite, as if being drawn in by an unknown source. I've always been fascinated by vampire lore, and made a point to visit the mysterious grave. Most sightseers to the gravesite would come during the day, snap some photos, and be satisfied. But I did my research, and discovered that all of the encounters with the shadowy figure took place late at night between midnight and 3.30 a.m. And I think I may be the first person to put together the odd coincidence that every single report of being compelled to walk toward the grave took place on a Wednesday night, only during the month of November. So I visited the gravesite on a Wednesday night at 2 o'clock a.m. in the middle of November. The night was still and crisp. There were no signs of wildlife and I neither saw nor heard any other sign of another person being at the cemetery that night. I approached the grave. The tombstone was smaller than I expected and nondescript in shape. It was rather bland and boring to be quite honest, but something about the plain aspect of the tombstone made that deep Latin etching even creepier. I stood and looked at the tombstone for over an hour. I felt nothing unusual. I saw nothing out of the ordinary. I was quite disappointed. After feeling like I gave myself a substantial amount of time to experience something, I opted to turn and leave. As I took a few steps away from the gravesite and toward the cemetery exit gate, I heard a deep breath behind me. I instantly spun around. What I saw made my heart drop to my stomach. It wasn't a shadowy figure. It was much more than that. It was a woman. She was petite and extremely slender. She was dressed in a black dress and was sitting atop the tombstone. Her skin was ghostly pale. Her hair was long, straight, and shiny black. And her eyes. I'll never forget her eyes. I could not see any white to them. They looked a solid black and lifeless, like a doll's eyes. She was staring at me. I was scared out of my wits and I wanted to run, but I, I, I couldn't move. And when the chilling woman gestured with her finger to come to her, I couldn't resist. I had to walk forward. I had to go to her. I didn't want to. I wanted to turn around and run, but I had to go to her, I had no choice. As I got closer, I could see a lean tongue emerge from her mouth and slowly slide over her dried lips. This wasn't going to end well for me, I knew that, but I couldn't stop. I was conscious of what was transpiring and well aware that I didn't want it to happen But I was in some kind of trance that I couldn't break. I had to go to her. And I did. As I drew near to the mysterious woman, she reached out for me and opened her mouth, revealing a row of razor teeth. Suddenly I felt something tugging at the back of my jacket and found myself being pulled away from the eerie feminine specter. Once the woman was out of my sight, I regained my senses and realized that a hefty, gray-haired man was shoving me into a battered pickup truck. As the man stomped on the gas and we sped away from the Ghoulahee Cemetery, he grabbed me by the shirt and shouted at me, Stupid son of a bitch! Do you have a death wish? Do you? I shook my head. No, no I don't. Then you stay away from that grave, do you hear me? It shall drain your energy, blood, And body. Now stay away from that grave. I followed the old man's advice, and never went back. The Initiation
1: Around these parts, people know the sororities are much more into hazing and initiations than the fraternities are. My particular sorority, which will remain nameless, makes every sorority sister pass through a series of such initiations before they are fully accepted as a true sister. The final initiation of our sorority requires the potential member to spend a night with the Grabbing Ghost. The Grabbing Ghost is one of the many ghouls in the graveyard. Legend has it that if you lay on the grabbing ghost's grave, he'll reach up from the depths of the earth and grab you, hold you down, and will never let you go. The spookiest part of the whole thing is the grave itself. The headstone is gone, and the grave is sunken at least a yard into the ground. To lay on it, you actually have to step down into it many people claim that they have had a hard time getting up after lying on the grave for a few minutes but that's all nonsense i went through this initiation myself i slept on that grave an entire night and nothing happened to me other than the fact that i got a good night's sleep it was a friday night and one of our sorority pledges had made it to her final initiation if she spent a night on the grabbing ghosts grave she'd be a sister she thought she was going out there all alone but unbeknownst to her I was sneakily following her I mean someone had to witness her actually doing it we wouldn't take her word for it and if she couldn't follow through with the initiation she was out of the sorority the girl's name was Patty Wilcox She was very friendly, with a bubbly personality. She was the kind of girl who made everyone around her feel good. She all but aced her other initiations. I had no doubt she would conquer this one as well. I watched on, hidden behind the massive trunk of an ancient tree. She was dressed in a white nightgown. That was part of the ritual. I could tell she was hesitant and a little spooked, but the Gulahi Cemetery is scary as hell, so... That was normal. Patty did as she was told. She gingerly stepped down a few feet into the sunken grave and sheepishly laid herself down onto the likely cold, damp soil. And there she stayed. My plan was to stay there for about an hour, to make sure she didn't leave, then I'd head over to an all-night diner and get some grub before returning for the remainder of the night. It was nearing the hour mark, and I was trying to decide between the two best all night diners in the area when I about jumped out of my skin. I heard a screeching holler coming from the grabbing ghost's grave. It was Patty. She was screaming out in terror. She was trying to stand up and get out of the grave, but she kept falling back down. And that's when I saw it The Hand. It was a hand reaching out of the grave. It had a hold of Patty's nightgown. I freaked out. In hindsight, I should have run to Patty to help her. But instead, I jetted to my car and floored it all the way back to the sorority. I told the other girls what was happening and we all went back to the cemetery together. We rushed to the gravesite and found Patty lying on her back on top of the grabbing ghost's sunken grave. Her face was frozen in a scream, her eyes were wide open and lifeless. She was dead. Evidently, it was a heart attack likely brought on by the fear and shock of the hand reaching up from the grave and grabbing her. Upon closer inspection, one of the sorority sisters noticed that there was a tree branch tangled in Patty's nightgown. This led them to conclude that Patty mistook the tree branch for a hand and was so terrified that she had a coronary and died on the spot. I tried to explain to them that it wasn't a tree branch. It was a hand. However, the branch in question had various twisted limbs at its end that from a distance gave the appearance of a clenched fist. All of my sorority sisters assume I simply mistook the tree limb for the grabbing ghost. But they're wrong. I was there. I know what I saw. It was no tree branch that reached up and grabbed Patty Wilcox on that fateful night. It was a hand. I'll go on believing that until my dying day.
0: This episode is brought to you by Horror Quickies. If you like horror anthology books, this is for you. Over 80 tales of terror told in a true story style that will curdle your blood and send shivers down your spine. Horror Quickies, the complete series, is only $2.99 on Amazon, or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Go to Amazon.com and search for Horror Quickies, or just go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com books.